On today's insights, are we really still saying now hiring? Matt and I share a case study on the long-term impact of blog writing, and your employer brand is impacting your applications, and we're going to tell you why. Today's episode is brought to you by Haley Marketing. Do you have too many job openings going unfilled? Is the solution to just spend more on job ads? Absolutely not. But to succeed in a market like we're facing right now, you need to take a different approach to job advertising. Forget post and pray, forget annual contracts. If you want to fill more of your open jobs, you need a centralized, data-driven, automated solution to managing your job spend. A solution that gives you more control and more flexibility. That's where we come in. With Haley Marketing's Job Advertising Management Services, we use programmatic software to automate your spending. So you save time, reduce wasted spend, and get more people applying to your jobs without having to spend more on advertising. For a free review of your job spend, contact us at 888-696-2900 or visit recruitmentmarketers.com. This is Insights. Welcome to Insights, tips and best practices from the insiders at Haley Marketing. Insights will provide you with the tools you need to master your social media, digital marketing, and employer branding. Your hosts for Insights are Brad Biley and Matt Lozar. What's up? This is Brad Biley, and welcome back to another episode of Insights, the podcast built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. As always, I'm joined by Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing. He's Matt Lozar. Matt, how are we doing this week, buddy? We're doing well, Brad. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, Matt. Matt, when you think about recruitment marketing, what's on your mind this week? What's on my mind is not much has changed since the last time we chatted, which may be a tease to segment one, but I'm interested to see what's going to happen with quarter four. Because traditionally in staffing and recruiting, fewer people search for jobs in November, December, something that's been coached to me at Haley Marketing for years. But jobs should continue to increase because there's going to be a lot of need for shipping with holiday presents. Apparently, you're supposed to already stop, start shopping for holiday presents because of supply chain issues. But if jobs keep increasing and people continue to search for fewer jobs, Bad combination. Interesting. Q4 should be interesting to see what happens to the labor market. Matt, I am still thinking about how we can try different messaging, try different things to get candidates to care about our jobs. We're going to talk about it in segment one. We're going to talk about it in segment two. We're going to talk about it in segment three. We can't just say now hiring anymore. We should have never really been saying that. But now, it's just being exploited a little more because everybody is hiring. So Matt, that's what's on my mind. It's been on my my mind now for three episodes. What else is on my mind? I think the bills are actually good, Matt. When you think about football, they look good. And that's really on my mind. And also, I think my White Sox are actually good. So Matt, I'm, I'm rolling really high right now. Things look good. Things feel right. I'm excited for October. I'm excited for Q4. What do you say? You want to get to the show? Let's go. I walked a half mile to get a coffee the other day. I had to take my wife's Jeep in for 
a flat tire. Matt, I feel like everybody is just rolling over nails right now. I was in the auto shop. So a little disclaimer, my dad runs an auto shop. So obviously I take my car there. I'm sitting there just guys being dudes, couple other guys in the shop. They all had holes in their tires too. You got three guys sitting there. No one can just stay on the road. We all needed our cars worked on anyways. I left. I was like, I'm not sitting here for an hour, two hours, whatever it might take to get in that queue, get my car actually looked on. So I walked to Spot Coffee, friend of the program, friend of Barker Marketing, Haley Marketing sister company, and decided to work for a little bit. Matt, in a half mile walk, a half mile, I saw four, four now hiring signs. Plain and simple, giant boards, now hiring. We need to be better than that. You're talking a half mile. I don't even know if it was a half mile. I don't wear an Apple watch. I didn't look at my phone. I don't know. It's, it felt like a half mile. Okay. Regardless, four people on the same street were hiring with zero call to action, identifier, bright lights, flashing lights, whatever it might be to captivate my attention, actually get me to apply. We got to be better. It's lazy. It's super lazy. It's easy. It is easy. It's the easy button. Unfortunately, when you hit the easy button, you're not just going to get candidates to apply right now. I should have stopped in. I should have popped into one of the offices and just said, hi, I'm Brad. I see you're hiring. Just to see what they would have said. And I'm not looking for a job, but I should have done that. I should have walked in and said, listen, your science says hiring. What role? What To do what? How much? Matt, I, I can feel myself getting frustrated because we've talked about this for like four episodes now. We need to do a better job of explaining why. We need to do a better job of what's in it for me. I, Brad Biley, the warehouse worker, the light industrial worker, whatever. Why should I consider your job over what I'm doing now? Or why should I consider a second job with your staffing firm? So I'm going to put you on the spot. Sure. What should the sign have said? Great question. So... I guess it depends on what the actual organization does, what they do, what's in it for them, what are they looking for, what's in it for me. So if you're thinking through, great example, warehouse work. Warehouse work right now, light industrial work, part-time work, as I would consider it, flexible job work, second job type work. What's in it for me? An extra 200 bucks a week. What's in it for me? Flexibility. Maybe I don't want to work seven days a week, but I'll give you Saturday morning and Tuesday night. The flexibility to make an extra 200 bucks a week so that I can afford a better Christmas gift for my wife's birthday is coming up, a better birthday gift. That would entice me a little bit. I actually saw Matt, the parking spots hiring right by the airport. The the yellow buses that drive you from point A to point B. I thought about it. I love the airport. I love the energy that people bring to the airport, but I didn't know what they were paying. I don't know the hours. I don't know anything about it. So I'm out. But I drove by it the other day and I honestly thought about it. I was thinking if I could do a Saturday shift from like 6 to 12, what am I going to miss? Right? Nothing's really going on during the day. Notre Dame's not going to start yet. So I'd get home in time for kickoff. But what's in it for me? A giant now hiring sign doesn't do it. So maybe it's flexible jobs because your part-time job should afford you the opportunity to do XYZ or a part-time job or a flexible job can give you the opportunity to make an extra couple hundred bucks or improve your skills, learn new skills. I just think we need to be better, Matt. And and I'm tired of seeing people take the easy way out. And I'm even more tired, Matt, 
And I've heard this a couple of times this week. So maybe that's why I'm fired up. I'm tired of people saying that no one wants to work or no one's applying to jobs. No, no one wants to apply to your lousy job because you're not selling it the right way. It's not that people don't want to work. People want to work. Trust me. Everybody wants to work. They just need some sort of enticing messaging to get them to apply. It's not that they don't want to work. They just want to work for the fact that your board says now hiring with no other information on it. Did you get that off your chest? I feel better. I feel better. And you know what? I went into this episode saying I needed to bring better energy because I listened back to the last episode and I didn't think I had it. But today, Matt, it's just when we think through what insights is for, it's the two of us. We bring on other team members. We bring on other individuals to share what's on our mind and share our insights. We look at thousands of job opportunities. We look at the entire labor market. Not only are we at Haley Marketing, Matt, you and I looking at staffing firms that are hiring, but we're looking at other organizations that are hiring. You send me examples all the time. I know anytime I see an Amazon thing or I see something else, I send it to you. We're just so laser focused in the industry that we're passionate about it. And if we need candidates to apply to our jobs, we need to sell them better. We need to make sure that we're captivating attention so that people are actually going to take the time to apply. So if you're thinking through, okay, what should I do from here? Brad went off on a little rant here. Great. Good for him. He feels better. But what does it matter for me and my staffing firm? Think through your why. Why should somebody work for you? If it's a flexible job as a second job, why should they give you their time? If it's a a new job and a better opportunity, why should they trust you instead of your competition? What's in it for me, the applicant? And how can you help me? I think listening to all that, the now hiring just needs to be a call to action, maybe. But the one thing that stands out about why you're hiring or what's in it for me, like you said, flexible hours, $20 an hour, only work two shifts a week, whatever, because either someone's walking by or someone's driving by, riding on a bike, whatever their method of transportation is, they don't have time to process. So it needs to be a quick call to action, a quick hitting benefit to that job to get Brad or whoever's walking by to actually go in and say, hey, I saw you're hiring for part-time work or you have $20 hour, $20 hour jobs. Great. I'm Matt. Let me apply. Let's have a conversation, right? And, and maybe that's it. Let's, let's have a 15-minute conversation about what you're looking for. Maybe we don't have the perfect role now but maybe we will later this year, early next year. Let's just have that conversation. Matt, I'm going to move on to the next segment because I want to calm down here a little bit. If you're thinking through what should we be saying in our now hiring job advertisements, I want to challenge you as you listen to this episode just to take it a step further. I'm not saying reinvent the wheel. I'm not saying completely scrap everything you're doing, but make it about the candidate. Your candidates have thousands of options right now. You're not only competing against your local competition. If you're in a a professional setting, you're competing against remote work as well. What's in it for the applicant and show that in your job listing. Matt, let's talk about blog writing. We had a great example shared in our good news Slack channel the other day for a local client out of Buffalo here that really caught my attention. And I want to talk about it, Matt, because we often talk about the long-term impact of content creation this has the numbers to back it up. Year over year, uh, a background screening company based out of Buffalo, New York, in 2020, 
from January until today, their blog was read 3,975 times. Good number, decent number for the, the, the market that they're in. This year, a 400% increase. Their blog's been read just under 20,000 times. Matt, they have a very aggressive SEO strategy. They have a very aggressive content marketing strategy. We could take this a hundred different directions. My take here is long-term play. The long-term value of content is that blogs continue to compound on themselves and they continue to drive really, really good traffic that are guaranteed to prove success and prove results. If it's not time-sensitive material, definitely. it Because Google needs to see your content provides a lot of value over time, earns trust. It earns reputation. Your URL, your website needs to gain that domain, that authority over time. So Google, Google can trust when a internet user types a keyword phrase into the Google search bar, Bing search bar, Yahoo search bar. And then in that split second, know what to come back with, the best answer to my question. So the long-term play whether it's shorter form blogs or long form blogs, that's what's important is to be consistent with it and have a really good strategy because I may have even said this last time on the episode, you got the best content out there. If no one finds it, doesn't matter. You know, what's crazy too, Matt, is they're, they're sitting just under 20,000 page views this year. I think that could double next year. So I know a little bit behind the curtain of what this client's particularly doing with their content strategy. And they're really going after very targeted articles and questions that their competitors have been answering. And they're providing better content. Simple as that. If Google is in the market to show the best possible answer to every question, you need to have a better answer. So their SEO strategy is thinking through, okay, what are other leaders in this space writing on? Let's write better content and let's steal that traffic. And looking at the data, it's working. And it's working really well because as we talk to them, we know that their business numbers are going up too. These aren't just marketing numbers. These are great numbers for us to look at and report on from a, a content standpoint, but there's so much more to it. I'm, I'm going to go on record here and say, I truly think that this time next year, they could be looking at 40,000 page views instead of 20. It's a content strategy. It's doing research to know what's important to your audience. The research is what's your audience typing into Google related to my business. And then I'm looking at what already exists and either to create better content than what is out there, or maybe answer a question that hasn't been answered. And then once that content's made, you write a really good piece of content, whether it's three to 500 words or thousand words, 1500 words, whatever the tactic is to answer the question, then you continue to optimize it and push it out through social and email or whatever the tactics are. So it it gains this momentum. And it's also a living, breathing document to where with a, a robust ongoing SEO strategy, like search engine optimization, you maybe optimize it here on September 29th when we, this episode goes live. You have to keep looking at it in October, November, December, throughout the next calendar year to continue to optimize it because SEO cannot be static. Our, our episode with, with Prudence, she one of our best episodes this year, talked about how it needs to be living and breathing and SEO is ongoing. That's the best practice of having a strong search engine optimization, blogging tactic as part of your content marketing strategy. I'm fully in agreement there. I think when you have a great article that answers a great question, it's going to captivate attention. 
But Matt, just because you wrote it and you published it doesn't mean anyone's going to read it. So what are you doing after the fact? Are you putting it in a newsletter? Are you putting it on social? Are you putting paid spend behind it? Is it optimized for search? And are you re-optimizing it for search? Are you continuing to go through and make sure it is still the best answer to the question that you're answering? Are you continuing to optimize it and nurture it? Are you making sure that other articles feed to it? Making sure you have inbound links from other blog articles. Thinking through the long-term play of content, content's easy. You want to answer a question better than anybody else. How can you do that? What can you add to it to specifically do that? And then from there, how can you amplify it and get it to more people? I'm super excited about this data point, Matt. It's a, a great testament to the team here, the writers that have worked on the, pro, the program, the, the team members that have worked on the program. It's also huge for the client. They have a ton of traffic coming to their website from people who don't know who they are. They're funneling in because they're finding the blog and from there, then they're taking action. So I said it once, I said, I'll say it again. I think this traffic could be doubled this time next year, which is going to be a great, great data point and another great episode, hopefully. Matt. Let's get to segment three. Your employer brand is impacting your applications. Matt, tell us why. It, it talks about segment one a little bit, Brad. You, we, we set the table here, but I think one stat that sticks out from Glassdoor, 86% of employees, job seekers, researching company reviews before deciding to apply for a job. That's one big part of employer branding. What's, what's your star rating on Google, Indeed, Facebook, Glassdoor? What are, what are other people saying about you? Current employees, past employees? Employer branding is everything. We said it in segment one. Candidates have so many options right now. They can apply to just about any organization right now. Why should they work with you? And what is your employer brand doing to captivate attention? Is it pushing people away when you're not actively recruiting? And if so, you got to fix that. If you have reviews that are negative, if you're not posting salary, if you have a just all around lousy reputation, you might be the best staffing or recruiting firm in the country. You truly might be. But if your reputation and your perception online is the opposite, well, unfortunately, no one's going to apply. And it's not just star ratings. It's copy. For an example, I was at the local supermarket the other day, and I was surprised on their now hiring sign. Didn't just say now hiring. It said, do you like, want to have a career in food? And I thought it was interesting because that's not the first thing I think about with this company. The first thing I think about is best place to work, something they tout all the time. So it was unique to me to see that's might have part of their employer brand is that's what stands out in what they want to push to their, their audience right now. But it's not just your 3.8, 4.2, 2.1 star rating on the platforms. It's the, the imagery in your on your website, career site, social posts, the copy on those same places as well that stands out to say, okay, are you a fun company? Are you a boring company? Are you just a standard traditional text and copy company? Or you're a little bit unique in that employer brand and in attracting the right candidate because you don't have to always attract every candidate. We want the right candidate. You've said that before on Insights, and that was a really good episode and something that caught my attention, Matt, is... I feel like as an industry, we want anybody and everybody to apply just because we want more applications. We want to build our candidate database. We want to make sure that we're growing that. We want to make sure that we're looking at at least as many people as we can to see what we can do with those resumes, with those individuals. 
But Matt, you make a really good point that your employer brand is unique and it's kind of sad to say, but you can't help everybody and you want to make sure you find the right individuals that you can help. So Matt, what do we do? How do we, as we look at Q4, because we're at a good time here now where we can pivot to the next quarter, what do you recommend doing? How do we improve and strengthen our employer brand? First way is to get positive reviews. Be proactive to ask people, whether it's after their first day of work, after you first place them, an anniversary. Be proactive to get people to post reviews and then continue to put, put them across social media, your email. If it's a static graphic, if it's a video, maybe someone can talk 15, 30, 60 seconds on why your company video is great. Put captions on it as well and promote that. That's a great way to start with the testimonials because if six out of seven job seekers are doing research on reviews before applying or maybe accepting, that's a lot of people. So we have to push that message and not be reactive, but be proactive to stand out and not just say now hiring, now hiring, and here's why you should apply. I'm all for that. I think in Q4, if you can just actively look at what your employer brand is and and do that in a way where you remove yourself from the brand. If you didn't know who you were and you saw your brand for the first time online, what would you think? Would you apply to your organization? Would you apply to your job? Would you apply looking at the reviews for your organization or would you go somewhere else? And maybe you do that test. Maybe you look at your competitor and look at their employer brand in C, I'm not saying go copy their employer brand because that's unique to every organization, but C, if candidates have a better mental perception of that organization based on what you look at. And then think about how you could strengthen that. And you can't do everything overnight. We've talked on Insights dozens of times about getting started with just one thing, trying one tactic this afternoon or this month, and then compounding on that and moving tactic to tactic. But it starts for me, Matt, in auditing what your employer brand is and what others are seeing of you when they look online or offline. The employer brand's not what you're saying, it's what you're hearing. And the importance of getting the right candidate is we constantly hear from the industry, no call, no shows. If you just take any application and put someone on assignment, if it's the wrong person, day two, day five, week two, whatever, is going to become a no call, no show and your clients aren't happy, your candidate isn't happy, everybody they talk to don't like your staffing company, and it's a a snowball effect. So Matt, to wrap up the show, we went through a lot. We need to have the courage to not take the easy way out. We need to make sure that if we're selling our jobs, we're doing so in a way that captivates attention. How can we make sure that if we're actively hiring, and we are now hiring, we're saying more than that. And we're speaking to candidates, we're speaking to applicants, and we're addressing what's in it for them. When you think about content creation, how can you think about answering the best answer to a series of questions across the internet? How can you use that as a way to drive inbound traffic to your website? How can you use that to then funnel people to different conversion pages where they can take action? And last... Matt, you said it best. Your employer brand is what others are saying, not what you're necessarily saying. It's what others are hearing, right? Is that how you put it? Tell me that quote one more time. It's not what you're saying. It's what they're hearing. I love that. What are others hearing about you when they're just out in the world, when they're out into the digital ecosystem? What are others hearing about your brand? 
run that audit, run that test, think through that, and then create a plan where maybe you don't get to it for Q4, but you have a plan for Q1. Set yourself up for success. Start with that audit though, and think about what others are hearing when they think about your brand, when they hear about your brand. That's our show. And thank you for listening to another episode of Insights. If you found this episode valuable, we would love to know. You can message Matt or Brad on LinkedIn to share your thoughts. Have a question for us? You can tweet us at Haley Marketing and let us know what you're thinking or email info at HaleyMarketing.com. And of course, if you need a hand with your marketing or recruitment marketing initiatives, we would love to help. You can check out HaleyMarketing.com to get in touch with our team of marketing educators. My podcast partner, Matt Lozar, this is Brad Biley. We'll see you next time.